0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 7... 7? 6? 7? 7 of SIDCast. I'm your host, David Gibson, and with me I have Joel Godet of Ball State, uh, the play-by-play guy of Ball State. A little bit different this time. Joel, how you doing?
1: I'm good, man. How are you?
0: I'm doing great. My mother actually went to Ball State. I got a lot of friends who go to Ball State. There you go. From down here in go. southern Indiana. So let's just jump right into it. Uh, like I mentioned, you're the play-by-play guy. So when... And what was the moment that you decided you want to be that play-by-play guy?
1: Uh, it goes back to high school. Um, I'm going to give a quick shout-out to my mother because she always gets upset. because She doesn't get mentioned in this story. So uh, we'll just throw that out to begin with. <laughs> uh, my, my dad saw an ad in the newspaper for the Bruce Beck and Ian Eagle sports broadcasting camp, um, which is a thing. Uh, I went to sports broadcasting camp. Um, uh, Ian Eagle from CBS – Um, And then Bruce Beck is now the anchor on Channel 4 in New York. Um, So they put a week-long camp together where it's basically like um, a nerd's paradise of how to be a broadcaster. Uh, (laughs) Like really wonky. But like if you're into this kind of stuff, amazing. Uh, I mean like I went to camp for a week in the summer after my sophomore year of high school to learn about how to make a chart to do a broadcast. Like nobody does that. Um, so it was fun. And the big message I got at the end of that was they basically said, if you want to do this, you know, you can do it now. You can get started now, and, you know, be proactive. Um, so I left that camp and uh, started working at the public access channel in New Jersey where I'm from called Patriot Media. It doesn't exist anymore. Um, and we were doing like, I, I was running cameras on the local cooking show or like the news access show. And then eventually started running like Chiron and cameras and stuff when we produced high school sports and then eventually wound up on air for high school sports with them. Um, And then for our county newspaper, I was covering like high school fencing. Um, So yeah, Yeah. (laughs) a lot of different things like that. So that's what got me started. And then I went to college for it, Um, was lucky enough to go to Syracuse and uh, you know, just one thing has led to another, job-wise, and, uh, you know, I guess 15 years after that original sports camp, uh, here I am.
0: So, like you mentioned, you went to Syracuse, and then after that you had a couple stints at some minor league places, and then you had a role at the University of South Florida. Uh, a little bit different, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the thing that I kind of like about the, the, what I've done career path-wise um, is that I've been able to do a lot of different things uh, and get my hands in a lot of different things, um, so be it in college athletics or be it in minor league baseball, I've had the chance not just to call games, which is what I really love to do, uh, but I've done a lot of video. Um, and I've done a lot of like PR stuff too, because, you know, when I was in Bradenton in minor league baseball, when I was in Myrtle beach in minor league baseball, I was the PR guy. Um, so I, I, I empathize with game note creation, uh, <laughs> and, uh, um, you know, press release writing and how to get TV stations to cover you, like all that stuff I, I, I get. Um, and, I, and I love that aspect of it, too. And I kind of miss that I don't get to do it as much anymore. Um, but, yeah, I've been able to do a lot of everything. Um, not necessarily well, like jack of all trades, master of like a half. Um, but uh, that's been one of the fun things about, um, I, I think, just how, I don't know if it's how I've approached it or just how it's happened, Um, but being able to do a lot of different things, get your hands on a lot of different things and kind of be well-rounded has been fun.
0: So you got the job at Ball State and you're on ESPN three. I mean, like I said, I listened to your podcast and I've, I've gone ESPN and listened to one. Um, so how did that job process go? And is this, is this one at Ball State any different than any other job that you had?
1: Uh, it's the most stable, um, I actually have furniture. Uh, I never had that before. Um, I literally... <laughs> I was really good at furnishing apartments because I knew I was going to be there for like eight months
0: Yeah. Uh,
1: for like $200. Uh, yeah, so it's the most stable. I, it's an actual job. Not that the others weren't, but like a job I'm in and comfortable with and happy. Um, you know, I, I make enough money to live. Um, so that's, that's the first difference. Um, you know, it's... It's D one sports, which I just think is the best part about it. Um, you know, I'm, I'm calling FBS football, which is incredible. Um, I called a game at Texas A and M last year, which is it's not, it's stupid. Like, what, what am I doing there? <laughs> uh, so, you know, that part of it has been really awesome. And then the ESPN three stuff, I just kind of walked into. Man, um, you know, getting TV reps is hard. Uh, anybody will tell you that. In, in broadcasting, uh, it's a lot easier to get some radio experience. Uh, I think there's just more opportunities in radio initially. Um, so when uh, ESPN did a deal with the MAC, the, the Mid-American Conference, that all the schools were going to start producing their own games and putting them on ESPN 3, I was like, this is fantastic. <laughs> I just walked into 30 games on television, uh, air quotes, television. Um, so, you know, I, I, I can't complain. Man, it's, I, I've been very blessed and very lucky for, for five years to, to get some opportunities here.
0: Was D1 always your goal? Uh,
1: no. Um, my goal, I, I don't really know if I ever had a goal. Um, I think I just kind of lived in the moment for a while. And it was what am I doing now and where am I going next? And let's see where that takes me. Um, and I think in some regards, that's still the case. Um, you know, I, when I first got out of college, I was doing minor league baseball and I love baseball. It's my favorite sport, hands down. So for a while there, it was, I want to be a major league baseball announcer. Um, is that my goal right now? I don't know. Um, you know, if, if the Milwaukee Brewers came to me tomorrow and were like, Hey, uh, Jeff Levering's leaving, would you like the job? Uh, B, I would ask if they were nuts. Well, A, I would ask if they were nuts. And then B, I I mean, I'd have to consider it.
0: Right. But I don't know if I'm sitting here like actively thinking, this is where
1: I want to go. Um, and I think that's been the case throughout the whole thing. I mean, it's, 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 a, it's very fluid. Like as long as I'm calling games, I'm really happy at the end of the day. And if that means I'm at a D1 school, if I'm at Ball State, awesome. If I get an opportunity, uh, God willing, at a, at a bigger school, awesome. Uh, if it means I wind up in you know, baseball again, awesome. Um, if I wind up in the NBA, awesome. Um, you know, if I, if, I, if I wind up at a network, uh, which is a totally totally different atmosphere and um, lifestyle, you know awesome um I just you know I love calling games, I love being at the games, I love being in that chair with the headset on and uh and we 'll see where that leads me
0: all right, so we gotta change the conversation a little bit yeah, it's more sure. towards the uh it 's going great actually um <laughs> i 've had some bad ones um so how do you interact with sports information directors in sure. your everyday job?
1: Yeah, um, a lot. Uh, you know, the ones in my own department, um, I I usually go through a lot to set stuff up. Uh, sometimes I'll set stuff up on my own just because I work here anyway. Um, but a lot of the times you're always communicating with them about, uh, hey, can I talk to these guys? Hey, what do you think about this idea? Um, hey, do you think it would be a good idea to do a story in, on this? Uh, should we hold off on this? Should we do this? Who else is doing this? What do we want to do internally versus outsource to another another media organization? Um, which are always interesting conversations. Um, you know, game note stuff. I do a lot of my own prep for broadcasts, so I'll trip up on stuff, and you know, say, "Hey, I found this. This might be interesting for game notes." Um, there's a lot of consultation sometimes. They'll say to me, uh, "What do you want to see in game notes?" Uh, yeah. Which I always appreciate. Uh, because it makes my life easier, uh, and if it makes my life easier, then it makes other broadcasters' lives easier. Um, and that's always kind of, you know, I, I've said that to them too, like, hey, if this is in there, I just think generally that's what a broadcaster or somebody reading game notes would like to see. Um, so I think there's kind of a mutually beneficial relationship on that side of things. Um... And then, of course, I mean, I, I reach out to them at other schools all the time, um, and you start to develop pretty good relationships within the with, within your own conference. Um, you know, I love going on the road and seeing guys uh, in, in the league that I know, and and uh, hey, you know, the whole thing's about relationships too. I mean, uh, I do ESPN three work at Eastern Michigan, um, broadcasting their gymnastics and their wrestling, and that's all because you know their SID and I, uh, his name is Greg Steiner, were talking last year. <clears throat> Sorry. Um, we are talking last year and he said, hey, do you know anybody uh, who can do wrestling and gymnastics? And I was like, eh, no, but sure, I'll try it. Um, so, you know, that's, they're always good people to know in terms of furthering opportunities too.
0: I got to ask, how's calling gymnastics? How, what is it's it so, like? How do you prepare?
1: Yeah, it's not bad, actually. It's really easy. Um, you don't say a whole lot because you don't actually have to call the physical play. Uh, a lot of that gets left to the analyst in gymnastics. So it's a lot of like, here's Kendall Valentin, uh, she's a junior, and this vaults is a uh, you know Sukahara full. Its start value is a nine point eight, and then you just say nothing, and your analyst will analyze it, and that's it. Um, So it's actually a lot of fun.
0: Going back to the things you like to see in game notes, what what are some of those things you like to see?
1: I love game by game. Um, If we're doing basketball, like give me a game by game. Um, both because it's one of the things, it's one of the immediate things I'll look at in terms of prepping for guys just to see trends. How's he playing recently? How has he played earlier? Um, I think it helps stats stand out better when you can break it down that way. Um, And then in-game, when I like if I need something quickly, like if I can pull the game notes out and quickly flip to it and see, all right, last time he didn't score was eight games ago. Um, That's not always something I'm going to put on my chart but it's something I want to know if I need it. Um, And that's easier than me having to pull out my laptop and go to the NCAA stats website and all that stuff. Um, So that's always, like, first and foremost. And then I love perspective. Um, I think that's always really critical. Not just a note of, like, uh, Ball State has out-rebounded their opponents this year six times. Well, great, I can see that in the stats. But put it on a, you know, compare it to something um you know that ranks them in the top third of college basketball um you know they only historically speaking i'm trying to think of something that would be more historic um you know something that's in our men's notes right now you know we've got a guy named sean sellers who just hit seven threes for the second time in his career and there's a chart in the notes of like all the previous times that somebody's ever hit seven threes in a game um And I like that kind of stuff. And, you know, I even went in my prep one step further and I was like, all right, well, let's see everybody else who's hit seven threes in a game in the country this year. um, How many of those guys have done it multiple times in their career? So it's, I'm always just one of those people that like goes that extra mile to put something in a larger picture and paint a bigger picture beyond what somebody can see in a stat sheet. And I think as an SID, if you can give somebody the more, intricate detailed story you can help them paint uh, the more useful your notes are going to be um you know like i'll i'll skim through notes sometimes and not bother because there's just nothing in them other than you know johnson has scored 10 points in a game three times this year it's like i, I can see that um but tell me why it's important and tell me how it's statistically significant and we'll have a great relationship <laughs>
0: So for everybody that doesn't know, when you do radio, you have to it's a whole lot different than doing television, right? Am I correct in saying that? Oh my god, yeah. Yeah, so would notes be different if you were doing radio as opposed to television?
1: No. Um my notes so I uh you can't hear this
0: on a podcast, but these are I don't know yeah. even if you can see that. Yeah, I so can see that.
1: Like, that's like all the, that's what I work with. Um and I mean you're looking at it like it's got my handwriting is all over it. The font is like print size five. yeah. <laughs> it's got everything on there that I could ever need. And if it's a stat as far as their average, as far as their last game, it's got what they did against the team last time they played, it's got, you know, their Twitter handle, if it's relevant. Uh, this kid for Longwood's name is Jay sean Smith. He has a 46-inch vertical, and his Twitter handle is too much bounce. Um, like that all becomes relevant information. Yeah. So like stuff like that is even on here. Um, you know, uh, here's a great one for you. We talk about like, I talk about providing perspective and depth and all that stuff. Uh, you know, Longwood had all sorts of foul issues all season. So, you know, I've, I've got on here like 73% more free throws taken by their opponents that there's just more like how to, Anything you could think of about how to put a stat in perspective is what I have on my chart. Um, How it gets used, who knows? Uh, That's to be determined. But the more arsenal you have, uh, the the better well equipped
0: you'll be. What's one thing you wish that SIDs would do some do for you or uh, do for other broadcasters?
1: Um, pronunciation guides. That's a side thing. Uh, That's always and not only that, but getting it right. Um, cause like sometimes you'll look at it and be like, how do you pronounce this? They'll be like, well, that's, but like what they say is not what the pronunciation guide says. It's like, like, <laughs> yeah. you have to make sure those things jive. Uh, so that always, <laughs> that always is, is good. Um, and I, my hate, like, is it Romeo or Romeo?
0: Like, yeah. Either. yeah. And
1: I'm like, I mean, it's not either one, it's one or the other. Um, like it <laughs> has to be a definitive. Um, so that's always a help. Um, you know, I I don't want to sound like, you know, like Miss Priss, but it's like, you know, if you're a visiting person and you've got the radio people coming in, like it, I love when SIDs come up to me yeah. and like give you everything that they've got. Um, and obviously you've got a lot going on as an SID, uh-huh. but I, I love the hands-on nature of, and this is just how I am too. Like I will always... Like, I'll always go up to the other team's guys. I always go to the TV guys, and it's like, any questions you've got, real quick, in case you didn't see this, here's a couple quick notes about guys. Um, So, if you're the SID, even, and, like, it's not in the game notes, but some guys got a cool backstory, like, just walking up to the broadcaster and being like, by the way, uh, you know, Trey Moses for Ball State uh, works with special needs kids, and, you know, uh, has a friend with down syndrome from high school that he took to prom and like it made national headlines and you know yeah. works in the community big time here with big brothers big sisters and all that stuff like uh, pointing out just quick little storylines can be such a huge help um and that was intricate but even you know it could be anything um but just being able to take that extra mile like I there's nothing more frustrating than when you get to an arena and leave and you never met the SID and you're like that's that was weird um yeah so yeah it's a, it's a service industry, I guess you could say. Um, so I, I kind of look at it in some ways like a waiter or a waitress. Um, like I don't want to, that sounds demeaning, um, but it's like, you know, you, you, there are people there that want to talk about your team. Um, so that, you know, to do your job at your best is you want to you give them as much weaponry as they can to, to be able to do that the best they can.
0: I want to go back to. Uh, you you just released an episode with Dan Schulman. Yep. Right, one of the ESPN guys called the Watford for the win, um, and I was listening to his backstory, and it kind of made me think for a second. Is there any real proper way to get into broadcasting? You know, he was like an actuarial science, which is like breaking down probabilities, is how I understand it. Yeah. So is there yeah. any, like, real way to get into it? I mean, you went to no. Syracuse and got formal training and everything. Yeah,
1: no, there's not. Um, and that's the that's the crazy thing about our business. Um, you know, there's, there is the go to school <laughs> and get a job and get better and get another job. And that does happen for some guys. But, yeah, like, no path is replicable. Um, and you know, I think we learn that on the podcast every week. Um, you know, Ben Holden from CBS Sports Network was our – Fourth guest, and you know he was in the Navy, and like <laughs> did some broadcasting stuff on the Navy ship, and then when he got out of the Navy, went to trade school to be a broadcaster and got into broadcasting. Um, I don't know if I would recommend that path for somebody else, but for bed it worked. Um, you know, each guy has their own way of doing it, and you know, I, I feel like you find that in other walks, but it's not. I mean, not like this. Um, so it's, that's fun and frustrating, uh, in both ways because of that.
0: How difficult, I mean, you've done it a little bit. You were the, uh, was director of media relations for the Myrtle beach Pelicans. Yeah. Uh, so for SIDs, how, how hard do you think it is to be a dual, uh, broadcaster and SIDs because there's a lot of people that do that.
1: Yeah. You know, it's hard because you have multiple responsibilities. Um, and I think at the college level, it's probably even harder. You know, like I've never had to be the official scorer of a game while I'm broadcasting it. Um, and, I, you know, obviously there's a lot more going on when you're an SID in college and you also have to worry about a broadcast. That's hard. Um, I like it in some respects because you're a media person and you're an SID. And I think that when you think the same way in both roles, you can be so much more productive. Um, you know, when I was in Myrtle Beach, I would always think to myself, like, how if if I was a TV guy in this market, um, how would I get myself to cover this team? Um, and I and I could put that hat on because I knew what it was like to be a TV guy.
0: Right.
1: So you know, I, I could I could put myself in the in that role. So I think that there's a lot of benefits to being both because you can think both at the same time. Um if that makes sense, yeah, I might have just sounded like I pulled that out of my ass, but uh if it makes sense, I mean I, I think when, when you approach it as as wearing both hats at the same time and being uh-huh. able to have that kind of back and forth in your own head, I think it helps you
0: yeah, there's a lot of people that will uh like I just interviewed uh Lamar Carter of California, University of California, sure. and um he was at a small uh, junior college in Brooklyn uh New York and he they he said that he and his department treated it like it was division one so when he finally transitioned to division one at Howard it was it was the same thing. So like he, he there was no shock to it. It was just just real easy transition for him. Yep. Um, Alright, real general question. Are you ready for well, it? I got it. Hardest thing about being a broadcaster Um
1: Uh boy um, it can be a,
0: a long list, because I know travel kind of... I've been on those travel trips.
1: Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I don't know if that's the hardest thing. Um, gosh. I mean, I could look at it two ways. Being on, you know, you know the on-air side of it and the lifestyle side of it. Um, How
0: about lifestyle, because I got questions about on-air.
1: Yeah, the, the lifestyle stuff... Um, yeah, travel's probably hard. Um, you know, I... And not necessarily travel, but just the work schedule. And this goes for being an SID, too. Um, but even more so as a broadcaster, I will work every single weekend from the beginning of August through the end of May. Um, and, you know, our SIDs, you know, our, we don't, our SID for baseball won't travel. Now he'll still do work. You know, he's still got to get the pack file and
0: yeah.
1: turn the stats and send them to our coach and write the release and put it on the website. But you can do that in like an hour and a half at home. Um, I'm on the bus and I'm in Buffalo, New York. Um, so I think that you know, they're obviously I'm not complaining. Like I wouldn't do this if I didn't like it. Uh-huh. Um but it can be difficult because, you know, like you you wanna have relationships and friendships and you know, part of professional organizations that have events and a lot of times you just can't go. Um or you can't be involved in them the same way you
0: want. Um so that's the hardest part I think. So one thing you really need to do as a broadcaster is prepare. And when you're listening, like, just through some small town in the middle of Indiana, you can hear it when people don't prepare. <laughs> and uh, and then you, you also know when people do prepare. Um, so for those that will be a dual or are a dual role SID, how would you suggest preparing in the middle of all those responsibilities? I know you've got your game notes that are like, you know, every centimeter is filled with some sort of font and then my game notes are a little bit spacious and yeah. so how do you how do you prepare
1: um i'm not the right person to answer that because <laughs> my my answer is not going to be acceptable to a lot of people um and i say that because in my role here in the athletic communications department i do a lot of video every day um i yeah. do a lot of stuff that goes on the video board i do a lot of stuff that goes on the website uh, and that's pretty much what i do when i'm in the office um my game prep, for a broadcast standpoint, I almost exclusively, and this is not true all the time, but I almost exclusively do that when I'm at home. Um, so, like, I work my, like my, I work my job 24-7. Like, I'll come into the office. I wake up in the morning. I go work out. I come into the office. I leave the office. I go home. I make dinner. I crack my laptop. I sit on my couch. And while I watch TV, I do my game prep. Um, so the simplest answer is to do that. Because, like, there's 24 hours in a day, use them all. Now, that being said, I don't have a wife, I don't have kids, I don't have a dog. I can do that. Um, people that can't do that, I, it just comes down to time management. Yeah. Uh, and it comes down to, and, you know, it comes down to being good and trusting yourself. You know, if you're a duel, if you're an SID and a broadcaster, um, you know, you're making the game notes. So you already know what's in them, um, mm. you know how much can you trust yourself to remember it or how can you tailor something so that you're only doing it once instead of doing it twice you're not making game notes and a broadcast chart you're just doing something like how can you do it so that you're doing as little work possible while still learning as much information as you need um and i think that's the challenge uh at the end of the day
0: once they are on air what what are some things to avoid like what kind of rookie mistakes i know uh uh, when I when I start and I still kind of do it and I can't believe I still do it like ooh and ah, you know, like things like that. So what what are some things you want to avoid when you're on the air?
1: Yeah, don't ooh and ah. Um, <laughs> um, I'm a horrible one at this. To like this is pot meat, kettle. Uh, don't say ums. Your your ums your ahs I um. do it all the time. Um, there it is. You know I. I mean, I could get into intricacies of play-by-play, but I don't want to get too wonky with you.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, I, I think at the end of the day, you've got to, you've got to, you got to call action, um, and you've got to do it in the right manner. Uh, you don't want to go crazy. You don't want to go over the top. You know, you, you want to be able to reflect what you're seeing in front of you. People will have a tendency to talk really fast, uh, get really excited, get overexcited. You know. If it's a one-yard gain, call it like it's a one-yard gain, because if you call it like it's a 30-yard gain, when the guy breaks off a 60-yard run, you have nowhere to go. So, you know, I I think being able to live in the moment that way and truly convey what you're seeing is important, Uh and I think in in younger people, um, that is a prevalent issue in broadcasting. Uh, Time and score is the most important thing ever.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah, you're know, you, you always making
1: time in there. Yeah, uh, so that's always huge. But I would say, uh, you know, make sure you temper the emotion so that you 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 broadcast your emotion matches the level of the play. Always get time and scoring, and then I mean, the simplest form. I mean, from a basketball sense, I always tell people um, name like ball location and action. So tell me who has the ball, tell me where they are, and tell me what they're doing. And if you can narrow it down to that, like, I mean, that's your skeleton. Be as specific as possible. Yeah. bones top of the left wing, dribbles once to his right, swings it over to the right side for Smith, bounces inside, low block right. This is Johnson, turns over his left shoulder. Like, it's not that hard if you break it down to that simple bare bones. Now, you've got to be able to process it all, but if you think of it from the standpoint of, Tell me who has the ball. Tell me where they are, and tell me what they're doing. You'll be pretty gold.
0: So here, here's something that I don't remember if it was your pilot. There's a couple of them that I list. I don't remember if it was yours, but okay. I'll I'll use I'll use me as, as an example. Vern Lundquist sure. is one of my favorite broadcasters, and now that he's done, like I'm heartbroken. But that's that's not the point. So <laughs> like, <laughs> when you're on the air, you 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 want to avoid sounding like these people. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, like you listen to them, you say, this is who I want. This is kind of the person who I want to be and who I'm going to listen to. Um, you want to avoid that, right?
1: Yes. Uh, yeah. You never, everybody has influences. You can hear it in everybody. Um, you know, I, I listen to people and, I think there's things I say or or things, inflections in my voice that you can probably pick up because I want to sound like a certain person. Um, I don't know if I do them well enough to actually have people be able to pick that up. Um, but they're in there. You know, people grow up listening. I think where, it really, where it's really prevalent is people that grow up, diehard fans of a team in a city, listening to somebody from day one. Like if you grew up, in New York City, listening to John Sterling every day of your life and you think John Sterling is great, um, there's going to be quirks in your broadcasting that sound like John Sterling. Uh, the same thing goes in Chicago. If you grew up listening to Harry Carey, there's going to be quirks that are like that. Jack Buck in St. Louis. Uh, this is a really eclectic list I'm coming up with. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I, that will happen. Uh, it will seep in naturally. Um I just think you have to be you. Um, People always talk about don't be Joe, broadcaster. You know, there will be the tendency where somebody puts the headset on and they go, all right, everybody, welcome to Northern Arena today. Like, because, like, they they be what they be. They try to be what they think a broadcaster should be instead of just being a broadcaster. Um, And uh, I think that's always a... Uh, a thing to watch out for. You just want to be who you are, not what you think you should be.
0: What's the key to bettering yourself after every broadcast?
1: Uh, listening back. Um, my power's about to run low here, so I'm going right, to keep talking while I'm digging my cord out. Um, you know, listening back is, is crucial. Um, I listen back to everything I do, to everything I watch. Uh, every game I call on TV, I watch back. Every game on the radio, I watch back. Um, I still do it in its entirety um, because I'm nuts and I don't have a life. Uh, not everybody can get away with that because of schedules. Um, so at least at the at the most basic level, try to watch back a couple of minutes of a game. Try to watch back the critical moments of the game. Try to listen back to the highlights. Um, listen back to something and evaluate how you sounded, how did you call the action, how accurate was it, Uh, how was your voice inflection, all of those different little things, evaluate, and then pick something. Hey, I want to get better at this for this next game, and the next game, hone in on that one thing, and see if you got better at that one thing, and if you didn't, try it again, and if you did, move on to the next part.
0: What inspired you to start the podcast? I mean, that's, something that you get a lot of nationally recognized uh, people on, like I just mentioned, Dan Schulman. Um, I love listening to the college guys um, personally. So what inspired you to start that?
1: Uh, I boredom. Uh, you know, I, I work in college athletics, and I love calling games, and that's where my passion is. And over the summer, there's no games to call. So, you know, I wanted to do something – a little bit more than what I do in the office every day, nine to five. And, you know, our marketing guy suggested I started up a podcast. I was like, what do I start a podcast about? Well, why don't we talk about broadcasting? Uh, at that point in time, there was, you know, I knew of the podcast about sports radio that Zach McCrite used to do,
0: yeah,
1: uh, which I like, but it was all talk show guys. And oh, it was yeah. podcast where every single week I would learn about how people did talk shows. And I was like, this is cool. Like, I love hearing from Colin Cowherd and Paulie Pabst, but I wish you would have brought like play-by-play guys on. So I just decided to do that, and uh, it's been awesome, man. I it, like people have been really willing to do it uh, and, and talk to a guy that, in some cases, they know. I mean, most of the guys I've known, but in a lot of cases, guys that I that don't know me from Adam. I mean, I literally just emailed Dan Schulman, and he was like, "Yeah, sure."
0: <laughs>
1: so I I I, I I I can't be more grateful to these guys for for taking a flyer and doing it. But yeah, that's where it came from.
0: What's been your favorite episode so far?
1: Oh, gosh. Um, I mean, Carter Blackburn was fun just because we know each other, and it was the first one. Uh, And I got a Bill Raftery impression in there, so that was good. Uh, (laughs) Oh, gosh. Shulman was great just because Dan was one that I always wanted to have on the podcast. Um, And he's just a guy that I really admire. So to be able to talk to him was huge. I have to bring up the list and like run through them here. <laughs> um, Adam Amin was a lot of fun. Uh-huh, yeah. Uh, you know, Adam and I know each other and uh, he's just like, that was, I think that's the most like bro podcast of the of the episodes where yeah. it's literally just two dudes talking about broadcasting as opposed to a straight up interview. Uh, so I think that one is, those two actually, the two Adam Amin episodes are pretty fun. Um the ones I've done in person, I like a lot too. Most of them are phone conversations. I love interviewing people in per, in, in person because you can actually talk to them. Um, so Johnny Holiday was a lot of fun for that reason. Um, Josh Maurer was a lot of fun for that reason. Uh, I think I just rattled off like nine of the episodes as my favorite. But uh, yeah, that gives you a little taste.
0: That's fine. Yeah, totally get it. All right, so I'm going to switch the t- this interview to uh, all the yep. fun questions I love to have kind of at the end. Okay. Uh, what's your horror story so far you tell me yours i'll tell i'll tell you mine
1: okay yeah, that'd be good um oh gosh well i have a couple um there was i mean most of them involved not getting on the air um yeah. so yeah that's always good uh, toledo toledo never liked us um like i don't know what it is but our equipment just does not like toledo and toledo does not like our equipment um, but I feel like every time I go to Toledo, we, we never get on the air in time. Uh, so there was one game at Toledo, a basketball game, where we it literally eight minutes went by of the game uh, before we got on the air. So my, my color analyst for basketball was calling the game play-by-play and color on his cell phone while I was trying to jerry-rig it. That was fun. Um, Army, we had an issue getting on. Uh, we connected through IP. And they, it's an army base, so there were, like, firewalls galore. Um, so we couldn't get on until, like, game time. And I remember saying to my boss, I was like, so we lost 50 minutes of an hour pregame show. Uh, what do you want me to do commercial-wise? And he goes, they all need to be played, and all of the live reads need to be read. And I was like, oh, well, okay. yeah." Uh, so we got them all in, but that was a, a nightmare. Uh, the biggest one was Northern Illinois last year. Uh, for football, the way our you know, the way our soundboard works, there's only a spot to plug in one headphone. Uh, so we have a headphone amp that like it splits it, so you get multiple yeah. people to hear. And it's how I record the game, it's how I hear, it's how my analyst hears, it's how my sideline guy hears. Well, we get there and the power cord to the headphone amp is dead. And um I couldn't find another power cord. like we had a couple other options, and like Northern Illinois had some other cords that fit it, but none of them had like the proper voltage to power it. Uh-huh. so we couldn't get it turned on. Um, and like, uh, and then, so I can't hear the studio. anyway, we ended up getting it so that the studio could hear us, which is all that mattered. As long as we were all in the air, it was fine. But nobody could hear anything else. So eventually I jerry ringed it enough because there's enough holes on a, on a soundboard. Um, where our sideline guy could hear us, which was paramount. Um, but I couldn't hear me and my analyst couldn't hear, like, we couldn't hear each other. So we had to broadcast with one headphone off, um, and like talk to each other in the booth. But if you, I mean, if you know anything about broadcasting, like it, it just doesn't work well that way. And we both lost our voices by the end of the day and couldn't hear each other while the game was going on. Uh, so it was a, yeah, it was a, that was a nightmare.
0: So... I went to a school in Northern Indiana in Fort Wayne and we were doing a volleyball game and it didn't help that we were creaming the other team. So I had uh, a color guy. I've had like different color guys and they've all gotten like fired for whatever reason. And, uh, this one was pretty big and I understand why. And I think we were up like two sets to none and we were up like, you know, 20 to three or something like that in the third set. And, uh, he said, "Well, this team must have been uh partying too much the night before, and then i I just turned it off, I turned everything off, and I looked at him, I'm like, What have you done like and then you know, next day he was fired, and I had to write an apology letter, even though i didn't i didn't I didn't say it, but I had to write I didn't get fired, but thankfully for that, but yeah that that that's something that you don't do for anybody listening um yeah, don't, <laughs> don't make comments yeah. about about the other teams." Uh, life. Um, how about one piece of advice you give to a student going into that profession? Both don't do it. no.
1: Um, you know I just work hard. Um, work hard and want to do it. Uh, if you don't have a thirst for it, you're you're dead. Um, this is not a an industry or a job you get into um, because you think it's fun, so to speak. Uh, now it's fun, and you need to think it's fun. But it's not one of those things where you like, you stand there and are like, "Well, what would I like to do?" Well, talking on TV sounds fun. Like, it, it, there's more to it, and unless you're willing to embrace that, uh, it's a long road. So I, I, you know, be willing to, be willing to put in hours, be willing to work, be willing to go to Pocatello, Idaho, um, be willing to do it for free. Um, as long as you're willing to do anything uh, within limits um yeah yeah you, you'll you'll set yourself up nicely
0: what's your work-life balance
1: uh terrible <laughs> um <laughs> so i don't know what to do if i'm not working like i just i yeah i, I'm I just live the, like i live this stuff so um you know my my again i told you when i get home that's when i do my game prep so i watch tv and do game prep um you know, on weekends where I don't have games, a lot of times I do game prep or I watch back games or I listen back games um, and I'm cutting old tape and like, I mean, ev- virtually everything I do revolves around that. Uh, I, I, that makes me sound like a really sad human being, but, mm.
0: uh, you, yeah, know, I'm with you. I,
1: yeah, I mean, work-life balance is not, not where it should be to maintain a healthy lifestyle, but uh, I mean, I get out and I've got friends and I do stuff and, it's just not as it's not as frequent, and that comes back to the time stuff. I mean, it's hard. Um, there's a lot of stuff I want to do that I just can't because I've got games. Um, yeah. So that's you know that's the sacrifice you make, um, and you try to squeeze things in when you can.
0: What's the, What's the most interesting game that you've called?
1: Oh God! Um, <laughs> interesting in what sense? Uh,
0: like, like most, like craziest like game. <laughs> what like odd or like crazy game yeah 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 i mean
1: like from an oddity standpoint i did the horizon league women's tennis championships on uh the horizon league digital network a couple of years ago yeah and i don't know anything about tennis um and i didn't have a color analyst so that was an adventure i literally my my dad works at a high school and the old tennis coach who's now retired at his high school was watching the matches on the stream and texting me information while the matches were going on
0: wow and I'd be like,
1: oh, well, looks like uh, slezkova has uh, really worked on her backhand stroke painting the opposite line. Uh, I know what that means because I just read it in a text. Uh, so, so that was, that was interesting. Um,
0: and, and it's hard, too, because there's, there's no scoreboards. Oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> and, and, and in tennis, a lot of times, there's not referees at every single court. Uh, and they call their own matches. So, like, you wouldn't necessarily know who had won the point. So, I was calling a game, you know, I went into it. I'm a prep wonk and a prep nut. So, I knew a lot of information about the players and about the teams. Uh-huh. But as far as game strategy, I certainly was a little bit short. And then I couldn't tell who was winning because I didn't know when people scored. Uh, like, you know, like, the ball would bounce and they put their finger in the air. And I was like, does that mean it was out or it was theirs? Like, I don't, yeah. <laughs> I don't, I don't know what it means. So that that was a that was I guess that was that could fit under horror story too, um, but interesting game would be baseball uh, Ball State uh, Akron two years ago in the Mid American Conference tournament. It actually was the day that ended Akron's baseball program because they wound up dropping the program a couple months later. Um, those two things have no coincidence; it just works out that way.
0: Yeah.
1: <clears throat> um, but it was the semifinals of the MAC baseball championships. And Ball State was up eight in the ninth inning of the semifinal. Ball State had to win one. Akron had to beat him twice because it was double elimination. So Ball State was up eight, um, and I think was up five with two outs in the inning and wound up losing. And then they came back and had to play again that night. And Ball State was down in the ninth inning, eight to five. And. On a 3 2 two-out, bases-loaded pitch, our pitcher uh, singled and drove in three runs, and we won the game. Uh, Well, at that point, tied it, but eventually won the game. Yeah. Uh, So that was the, I've never seen two crazier games in my life, in the same day.
0: So, how about the next time someone's in Noblesville or Muncie, because, you know, I go travel up north all the time. What's your restaurant recommendation for anyone stopping by? Uh
1: in Noblesville, uh, or Fishers, um, there's a place called the Nickel Plate Diner, which I like. Old train station spot, uh, mm-hmm. which is pretty cool. Muncie's um, got Amazing Joe's, which is like a local Applebee's joint. Um, mm-hmm. And then, of course, Indianapolis, I'm a big Patichew fan. Uh, yeah. I'm actually going there tomorrow, I think. So uh, if you're a breakfast guy who enjoys cinnamon toast, uh, Patichew is the way to go.
0: If someone wanted to get in touch with you, what would be the best way to do it?
1: Uh, you can hit me up on Twitter. Uh, my Twitter's at Joel Godette, uh, J O E L G O D E T T. Uh, feel free to find me that way. Um, my email's out there too. Uh, I, I never give it on the podcast, but enough people find it. Um, <laughs> so, uh, I mean, it, it's, it's J at B S U dot E D U. Um, so anybody can reach out and say, Hey, I'm more than happy to help. So,
0: and, uh, go ahead and tell everyone, uh, where they can listen to your podcast. Oh,
1: yes. Uh, play by Playcast. Uh, make sure you have the hyphens. Play hyphen by hyphen play. Play by Playcast. Uh, you can find it on iTunes, Stitcher, and and uh, Google Play. So,
0: yeah. So that was Joel Gooden, Episode 7 of SID cast. Joel actually has intro music. So that's something different that he has than this. He, he's not more legal. professional. It's
1: not, it's not legal. Not it's, legal. I, I, I'm pretty sure I rip it off.
0: Yeah. But, uh, but uh, we're happy to have him on Joel, thank you for coming on uh, To be I didn't think the last couple of people would actually email me back Like you, for some reason, I didn't think would email me back But uh, you, you did in like five minutes Yeah, uh, it, was, it was, good about that <laughs> It was real quick, and I, I was really surprised But uh, I'm glad to have you on I thought that that's, this went uh, really, really well So i got to do my outro now uh, everyone, you can, uh, follow us on Facebook and Twitter using backslash Sports Info cast because SID Cast is not available, apparently. And, uh, oh, we're on Twitter, uh, Instagram. I got that the other day. None of you follow. So, go ahead and, uh, try and look that up and, uh, I'll post some updates. I'm working on getting, actually, uh, you, you ever listen to, uh, the voice behind the voice? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, sure. You know how he does, like, uh, little, like, audio clips Yeah. previews on twitter i'm gonna start doing that i'm gonna find a way to do that so that's something to look forward to also uh thank you all for downloading and subscribing rating reviewing and uh i'll catch you all in the next episode